The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week on the show. We've got a great show for you today. We've got some return guests, two ladies who graced the show in the past and did a great job, so I brought them back because I think they have a lot to share. Lisa Campion, she is a psychic counselor, Reiki master and author, and she's got a new book called Energy Healing for Empaths, and it's all about being an empath and then about uh, energy vampires. And you might not be an empath, but I'm sure you've experienced people who are energy vampires around you. So we're going to chat with Lisa about that. We've also got Shana James. She is a coach and she coaches usually men. She's got a podcast, a Man Alive podcast, and she also coaches guys about relationships and leadership and also how to kind of uh, chart the course for their own personal legacy. So very different type of coach, Shana James, all on Guys Guys Radio. So what else has been going on? Well, we're getting into just about at March, and that means that COVID's been around for pretty much just about a year now. So, you know, there is some good news, I think. And the good news is that the numbers are starting to go down now, and it, it seems like a pretty steady trend. So hopefully we'll be able to kind of get through this thing. I think 2021 is going to be a transitional year. Hopefully by next year, things will be back to normal Will we be wearing masks? I don't know next year if we'll be wearing masks, but I think we'll have masks and how much they get worn and how much you need to wear them. I think that's still to TBD, but things are pointed in the right direction now. So please, folks out there, please, you know, continue to bring your mask, wash your hands, do social distance. And the more of that, the better it is for everybody. So, but we all know that. So what else is happening? I talked about in the last couple of shows, my kind of 10 to 12 healthy habits that I either developed or dialed up during the the shut the shutdown now if you're fortunate enough to find an extra hour based on a shutdown and i know so many people have added pressures and uh, they really have to do what they can to provide for themselves and their family and they're struggling but if you can find the time if you can find an extra hour a day maybe you get up earlier in the morning maybe you take a break before dinner whatever you can do if you can find that extra time you can work on yourself and i think one of the things that can be productive you know when there's uh, chaos there's always some type of opportunity and i think the opportunity here again if you can find the time is to work on yourself and go inside and work on yourself and part of that is i've worked on a lot of the uh, healthy protocols so you know, you have to do social distancing and all that stuff, but also doing things to strengthen your immune system and strengthen your overall chi flow in your body, your energetic flow in your body is important. And particularly for, you know, for the boomers out there, you've got to start to add 
or at least consider adding some protocols to your life to make some changes because you can't continue to live the exact same way you did when you got out of college. The food system has changed and, you know, there's been a lot of drinking done in that time in the last 40 years for a lot of guys that are out there. And, you know, at a certain point, you've got to say, okay, um, who am I? What do I really want to accomplish here besides my job and my paycheck? Nothing to sneeze at there. But there's like, who are you and who, what are you doing and what do you want to do and how do you take care of yourself so you live the longest, most fruitful life? It's not just about years, number of years, but it's about quality years. So I think finding some healthy protocols that work for you is a really important thing. So I mentioned 10 or 12 that I'm working on. Last week, I got into rebounding and the benefits of kind of doing that bouncing on the trampoline. And today, I'm going to talk about the benefits of Qigong. I had a guest on here, Adrian Lowe. He's a grandmaster, and he taught me a lot, of, a lot about Qigong. And then I did some research on my own, and I found out that there's always over 100 different versions of Qigong. And basically, it's deep breathing exercises with a movement or two, depending on what you're working on. So what I do is I combine two different approaches since I, I was taught a little bit by Adrian Lowe, the grandmaster, and also I did some research on my own. So I start out each morning, I go outside or find some place where there's fresh air, and I do some deep breathing. And uh, initially I do the deep breathing through my nostrils, I hold it, and then I release it through my mouth and uh, kind of move my hands up to the top of my head and slowly push the energy down. And I do that 10, 12 times, long, long breaths, uh, both inhale and exhalation. And then I do the Adrian Lowe version, which is he inhales through the nostrils, holds it, and keeps his arms kind of out at his side at about a 45-degree angle, and then releases the breath after expanding the belly and the diaphragm, releases it through, uh, holding the sphincter muscle closed, and release kind of through the nostrils, but also intending it out through the, your body, through the perineum, paradium, I believe it's called, between your legs. And I do a series of those, maybe 12 of those. And uh, that kind of settles me for the day. And what does that do? Well, according to research, Qigong can help harmonize, strengthen, and heal uh, the functions of your internal organs and your bodily systems. It can increase your energy flow. It can rejuvenate you. It can increase your longevity, calm you uh, mentally and emotionally, uh, help you with weight loss, help balance your energy and the flow of energy through your energetic meridians, and can uh, remove excesses of things that you have in the body and then fill up deficiencies uh, through intention or just through the act of doing the deep breathing, inhaling and exhaling very slowly. So it's good stuff. It's easy to do. And uh, the benefits, I can tell the difference. I've been doing it for about four months and I can really feel a difference. I'm much calmer and I, I feel good. And I'm doing a lot of other stuff too, but I believe that Qigong is a great way to start uh, each day. So consider it. A lot of people just jump on the phone the second they open their eyes, but I find that tedious and uh, not a good way to start the day mentally. So anyhow, something for your consideration. So Guys Guys Radio, as I mentioned, we've got two terrific guests. So why don't we get started right now? It's Guy's Guy Radio. Do you think you're an empath or maybe even an energy vampire? Do you know how to honor your boundaries and protect yourselves? Well, if so, we've got the special guest for you on Guy's Guy's Radio today. She's the very lovely Lisa Campion, 
and she is terrific. She's got a new book out. It's called Energy Healing for Empaths, and she's also uh, author of the number one best-selling book, The Art of Psychic Reiki, and she's a Reiki master teacher, and uh, she's a psychic counselor also, and she's got 25 years of experience. She's been teaching Reiki for over 20 years, and if you're not familiar with Reiki, it's something you, everybody wants to learn more and more about because it's spreading around the world very quickly. I'm a Reiki master teacher myself. And one of the most wonderful things about Reiki is that you can treat yourself, which is awesome. It's like you really can't, you can give yourself a little bit of massage, but you can give yourself a full Reiki treatment. So Lisa's been teaching for over 20 years. She's trained more than a thousand people in Reiki and she's conducted more than 15,000 individual sessions, which is amazing. She also is the host of the radio show, The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. And she specializes in uh, training emerging psychics, empaths, healers, so they can fully develop their gifts. And there's so many people who are sending now and kind of coming out and realizing that everybody has some type of empathic gifts. And people, a lot of people aren't sure, what do I do now? And they're afraid of their gifts. So great guest, Lisa Campion, back on Guys Guys Radio. Welcome, Lisa. Great to see you. Oh, great to see you too, Robert. Thank you so much for having me back on Guys Guys Radio. You've got it. And uh, the new book is called The Healing for Empaths. So let's start right at the beginning for our listeners, because I'm not sure everybody is familiar with exactly what an empath is or if they may be an empath or not. So let's start right there. Uh, what is an empath? Are we all empaths to some degree? And and how how are we different in terms of uh, empaths that are on a really psychic um, uh, spiritual enfoldment path and others that are just kind of sensitive people that are not are, are not aware that they're empaths? Yeah, yeah. So an empath is is really, um, you know, we we all have the uh, the capacity to feel empathy, or I assume that we all do. Really, some people don't, but um, and and that's sort of like different from being an empath. So we all can relate maybe to feeling like, oh, I I see that that person's sad, and I feel bad about that. But an empath is a little different. An empath is like a psychic sponge, and what they do is they actually absorb the emotion, energy, thought, feeling. Um, of other people and they experience those feelings as if it's your feeling. So you might sit down next to somebody who's having a bad day and, and not just notice they're having a bad day. All of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I feel so sad. I feel so depressed. I'm so, I feel so heavy. Wah! You know, and it, what's going on is you're absorbing what's the energy from that person and you're experiencing it as if it's your feeling. That's really the difference. Now, for the for the day to day person, like recently, I've been taking a spiritual, I've been attending spiritual enfoldment class for about three years. And normally, you know, I watch the news and I don't really get too, uh, 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 you know, attached to it. I see it for what I witness it. Yet I was watching all the information uh, coming out about Texas and all those poor people like, mm -hmm. and with the water and the frozen water and just the horrible conditions they're dealing with right now. I actually could like almost feel it. So for everyday people, if they're on kind of a spiritual path, if you will, can we become more empathic? Yes. I, I think that empaths like our old souls, so people who are born as empaths and empaths, and they're it's like a, a character thing that we're born with, part of our personality, and even part of our soul mission here. Um, they're old souls, and um, just like you're an old soul, you know, Robert. And and we, as we do spiritual development work, we become more empathic. And the empaths really feel in their, they know in every fiber of their being that we as human humans are all interconnected. And I can't hurt me without hurting you, and I couldn't hurt you without hurting me. And we're, and all the plants and animals on the planet are interconnected into one web of existence. 
that's well, that's a normal thing for us. We know that. So of course mm-hmm. you're gonna feel you're gonna feel you know compassion. Compassion is a is a common emotional state for empaths. Or we okay. feel plugged into the pain and suffering of humanity, and we suffer. You know, now, we feel like be... like ahead. horrible. Like oh my god, and this year has been a really hard year for empaths because there's so much pain and suffering. There's so much, um, you know, just that turmoil that we really feel deeply. So another uh, concept in the book, and the name of the book is the energy energy healing for empaths. Um, how to protect yourself from energy vampires, honoring your boundaries, and building healthy relationships. So the other side of the coin is the energy vampire. So what is an energy vampire, and how do they kind of threaten, if you will, empaths? I think we can divide people sort of. I mean, this is this is a simplistic idea, but we can sort of divide people into two categories, givers and takers, right? And the empaths tend to be givers. You know, we, we give our energy, and energy vampires are the takers of the world. And we, um, another way to look at them is uh, energy vampires are narcissists, you know? And empaths and narcissists are on the, their sort of polarity or continuum there. And we often are drawn into relation, as sensitive people, drawn into relationship with energy vampires they ju- they don't know how to give they really just want to take and the, if we can manage this you know um, the high side of this there's healing for both parties there's potential for healing that empath may uh, an encounter with an energy vampire will force an empath to get better balance so they sort of start t- standing up for themselves and the possibility for the empire is that they might become more empathic might start really caring about how people feel or they are people who need healing and are drawn to the healing nature of the empath so, so think uh, of narcissists whatever you know about narcissists you can sort of apply to energy, energy vampires so i've got to think that the pig and the python for all this is a lot of everyday people that probably have a little bit of both inside of them and then the challenge yeah. is how do we manage our inner energy vampire and our empathy because you know sometimes you get on a phone call with somebody at the end of it you're just like Wow, I feel drained. And they, yeah. at the end of the call, they say, I feel great. Great t- speaking with you. And you're like, mm-hmm. I wish I agreed. Exactly. And we all have people like that that drain us. That And that's sort of the nature. I mean, most people don't know they're an energy vampire. It's not like, you know, like I woke up today and said, how can I drain the heck out of Robert today? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess some people do think that. But most, people, most of us don't. And so we can all fall into the habit of becoming an em- energy vampire if we don't understand how to manage our boundaries how to replenish our, you know, keep our energy tanks full. And some of the worst offenders are empaths who let themselves get so drained by other people that they're just now desperate. How can uh, the everyday person um, identify energy vampires that they're interfacing with? It could be a family member. It could be somebody at work. It could be strangers on the street or just dealing with somebody in day-to-day affairs. So what should we look for? Well, I think what you said about feeling drained is a what you know a big red flag if you feel a lot of resentment when that person comes around the phone rings and you're like oh boy that person you know um you want to watch that people will have if you're in person with somebody you'll have the tendency to want to cross your arms across your solar plexus because from you know because i'm a reiki practitioner and an energy healer i look at the way i look at how this functions on the human energy field through the through our aura and stuff like that but what i see is the energy vampire will hook you like energetically into the solar plexus and feel 
naturally like we want to cover that part of us when energy vampires are around. So it's sort of that combination of drain and dread and resentment that um, would make us, you know, avoid people. Our special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Lisa Campion, her new book is Energy Healing for Empaths. So um, do you think there's kind of an over an overarching uh, energy vampire template going on in our culture nowadays with the news media, et cetera, where people are being kind of drained. I noticed like I was watching, uh, when watching the Super Bowl and I, my career has been in advertising and I felt I was assaulted by the ads. They were just too many quick cuts, too many like uh, gags. And it was like, whoa, this is like assaultive just watching regular TV. Um, mm. is, it, is this part of the media, part of society, the government even? Are we, are we getting assaulted? Oh, yeah. Are we getting our energy drained purposely Absolutely. through fear? Yes, on so many levels, through fear. And I, I do believe we live in a time when narcissists and energy vampires are celebrated, where, you know, are rewarded for being that way. And you can kind of look at our celebrity culture mm-hmm. um, as the selfie culture and like, look at me, look at me, look at me. You no. Know? Um, and they, they're... I don't know how much of those people are actually contributing. <laughs> you know, like if you think about givers or takers, you know, there's there's a lot of reward for the takers in the world right now. You talk about uh, in the book empathic overload. What are some signs of that, and what is like overgiving and being too nice? So because uh, empaths need some type of self protection, or are they going to just get drained? Yeah, yeah, it's totally our nature to give, give, give. Like, we really care. We really have been compassionate hearts. And we can feel how much somebody's suffering or how much they need. So it's it's so um, easy to overgive. If somebody's like, oh, my God, Lisa, I'm so desperate for help. And I'm like, oh, I can feel it. And I want to give, you know. And from, there's so many ways that I've had to learn how to hold my boundary. And one of them is just through, again, because I'm an energy healer, understanding my energy field and knowing that I need to not be a sponge. I need to be a more like a, have a solid, you know, bubble around me. Um, and it's all about learning about a hundred different ways to set boundaries. So you, you could be doing it with your ener- energy mm-hmm. field. You could be doing it just by saying no, people. I sometimes use my phone and my technology as an ally to set the boundary. I t- turn my phone off. I don't answer, you know, like we can use technology to c- create boundaries. But I think that it's thinking about all the ways that we need to, we're not very good at it. Sensitive people feel we feel, it feels mean to set a boundary. Do you, uh, can we like uh, just uh, conceptualize a protective bubble around ourselves, whether it's our vehicle or we're walking down the street or we're dealing with certain people uh, before we know we're going to get into situations that make us uncomfortable or people that make us uncomfortable? I mean, is that something? What, what can the uh, layperson do to protect themselves from energy vampires? Yeah, that's a, um, that's a really powerful thing to do a visualization visualize your shields on full you know or um i my son was sort of a you know star trek fan so he would like space shield up you know and he would do that (laughs) way and or put you know put him inside an armored car Mm -hmm. um sometimes i use the image of like the 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 space suits the astronaut because they you know that can they can go anywhere nothing can get through them and that because our aura, our energy field responds really well to our visualizations, that really works. We need to stop being a sponge, and we need to start having a boundary. A boundary means that when I say no to you, I'm saying yes to myself. And I think the other thing is we need to learn some really polite ways to say no and practice them. 
You know, okay. so when somebody asks you on the fly, you can you can say no. Oh, I I'm not really sure. Let me get back to you. Let me check my calendar. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Is kind of my go-to. Do you think that uh, energy workers and people who are ascending nowadays are they under more uh, psychic attacks and are they purpose on purpose? Um, I don't know if it's more. That is an interesting question. I mean, I've been doing energy work and psychic work for so long for people, and it constantly amazes me how much um, purposeful negative energy. I used to not believe in curses or black magic or anything like that until I would see it over and over again um, where where there's just a whole host. In fact, I teach a psychic protection class, several psychic protection classes for empaths. Um, and for healers, because it's such a big problem, we're so open. If, if you think we're open and unboundaried, then we can be a magnet for um, intrusion, invasion, whether whether it's from other people, whether it's from the environments that we occupy, or whether it's from spirits. Now, some people, I know myself, for a long time, I used to get drained because I, I would pick up everybody's psychic garbage and i wasn't doing it on purpose but ha working with some people who do the type of work you do lisa i learned that i was collecting stuff that i didn't want and then i kind of learned how to not be so vulnerable that way what can people do uh who, who are prone to feel that they are collecting too much uh energy from other people or being drained from other people yeah so clearing practices are really important today you know i do a ground clear protect breathing you know, thing where you, you breathe yourself into your body like you ground. Empaths tend to pop out of our body when we feel weird. So you got to ground yourself down. You've got to um, uh, squeeze a sponge. If you're, think of yourself as a psychic sponge where you've got to squeeze. I use a technique to just drop, you know, take a really deep inhale, run it through my belly and my heart and drop it down my legs and out the bottoms of my feet and then reset my shield. But also things like exercise, breathing, swimming, water, a, a tub, getting in the salt water, getting in the ocean is incredibly powerful. So that combination of water and salt, um, even walking on the beach can be, a, you know, you'll know that clear your energy um, because you're going to feel clear when, after you've done done it. And I also wanted to just um, put a little shout out because this is Guy's Guy Radio. Sure. Um, that empath, there just is my um, opinion and experience just as many empathic men as there are empathic women. And we can have this myth that it's only women that are empaths, but I don't see that at all. And I think that empathic men have a much more difficult time more than women who are empaths because there's so much programming against being sensitive for men. That's what do you think, Rob? I, know, I, I, I agree with you completely, but uh, the good news is I think more and more men are opening up and are having to deal with how do I how do I navigate this? But the good news is they continue to do so, and it's going to happen more and more. And I think the stigma is more for you know the boomer guys as the as the yeah. younger guys are more open. They're not thinking in the same terms in terms of gender roles and expectations. Right. Everything's kind of changed, and that that's a good thing because now is the time for the you know women have been in a long. Uh, they're finally being recognized and they've been on a very straight trajectory for the past 50 years or so. And that's a really good thing. And guys are a little bit confused right now and guys can get stuck. 
But um, mm-hmm. the good news is guys are now guys are starting to open up and saying, hey, you know, what about us? What can we do? And that's a, that's a really good thing. And it's a good way to channel their energy because there is some confusion out there amongst guys as to what the rec- what the expectations are for them and how do they define themselves. And, you know, for boomers, it's like, here's my wallet and here's my job. And for the young guys, it's like it's I'm somewhere between the MMA and manscaping and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be. So it's a very right. challenging thing. So that's a great question. Now we, yeah. I'll switch back and I'll I'll interview you again. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you talk about situational energy vampires. What is uh what are, what does that mean? Well, I mean, I think we can all fa- fall on hard times, and certainly the past twelve months has been an example of that, right? And a situational vampire is just a normal person who doesn't have vampire tendencies who becomes an energy vampire because they're just going through something really difficult. We have a job loss, an illness, a divorce, a pandemic, <laughs> you know, like whatever, all of the stuff we've got. And that puts you really in a, in, in a bad place where you don't have your re- the resources that you have to kind of bolster yourself up. And um, and we, we've all gone through times like that where we and we we can become very needy and pulling on the people that are around us. It's like you're drowning and you're you know you're grabbing onto the people around you trying to stay afloat, right? So how can yeah. some, on that on that point, how does somebody? How can we all check in with ourselves and say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm being an energy vampire in this situation. How do we kind of check ourselves? Well, I think. I think in, a, in an ideal world, we want our relationships to have like sort of 50-50 give and take over time, you know, like if you if you check in over a year with a friend or, you know, loved one that you are giving as much as you're taking over that time. And so if you're in a, a place where you're really desperate and you're taking money out of the bank and, you know, energetically with that person, when you when you're back on your feet, you want to make sure you're giving energy to them. And, you know, people who are in a crisis, they call you on the phone and they talk for an hour and they're like, what? and then they never even ask you about you, you mm-hmm. know, but we could change that if we had an hour conversation, even if you're in a crisis, you could talk for half an hour and use the other half an hour to be like, well, how are you, Robert? Tell me about what's going on in your life. Thank you for listening to me, you know, because I, I think we want to try to be conscious about our energy exchange with other people. You know, it's interesting. The book is called uh, Energy Healing for Empaths, but I read it and I feel that it's for everybody. And that's why I want to have you on the show. It's not specifically, it, you know, it's targeted towards real empaths, but I think there's tips in there that we all need to know because energy vampires are everywhere. We have yes. to protect our energy. We have to ground ourselves. We have to do breathing exercises. So it's really got a lot of tips, a lot of everything. What do you want? Who's the, who in your, when you wrote the book, who did you think it was for? And now that it's out there, what do you want people to get out of it? Well, like I said, I really felt like um, energy vampire and uh, empath is a continuum, you know, like, a, like, and I wanted to speak to every point on that continuum. Like, what do you do if you're more on the empathic side? How do you deal with the people who are the takers? And also, what do you do if you know? Because, like, um, I, I do radio shows like this, you know, and I, I um, contact from people who are like, I heard you talk about energy vampires. I think I'm an energy vampire. What do I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what do, how do I not be that way? You know, um, and I was so surprised that that conversation was happening. Um, and, and I was so excited, actually, to, to have that. And so I think we just need to be mindful. We need to learn how to source our own energy. Because when we're unconscious of this, we steal energy from other people all the time because we don't know better. We don't know another way to do it. And so we have to learn everybody, empaths, energy vampires, people in the middle, people like you said that have one foot in each. We have to 
learn how to fill our own energy tanks from other sources. Maybe it's through spiritual practice. Maybe it's through exercise, fitness, food, sleep, like, or doing the things that we love to, you know, the things that put the gas back in your tank, right? You know, it's walking on the beach or playing with your son or, you know, um, just doing nothing. I don't know. Like, you know, I have my things, you have your things. We have to have those in our life in an unapologetic way because we cannot give from an empty cup. And when we do, we've got problems. Great, great. Uh, thank you so much. Lisa Campion, tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and where they can get the book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Come by my website, lisacampion.com. I'd love to visit. I have actually a lot of free resources there for um, free, all kinds of free material on this topic if you visit there. And you can get my book at any, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You Please visit your local bookstore and, and support them. Um, they'll, they'll have it. Any local Barnes & Noble or sort of new agey bookstore has my book right now. Fantastic. So Lisa Campion, just so your listeners know, it's C-A-M-P-I-O-N. And uh, she's a big Tom Brady fan also, right? I am a big Tom Brady fan. <laughs> I died in the world, lived in New England my whole life. And I'm happy for him down there in Florida. You know, I think he deserves it, but we're all a little sad up here. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. Great to have you back on the show. We'll see you again. Thanks, Robert. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, special guest. Uh, we're going to go into the, uh, the coaching lane now. Uh, the show originally started with relationship coaches. So I, I want to go back and kind of get back to our roots. And I have a special guest who's not just a dating coach or relationship coach. He's an overall coach. And we don't do that too much recently on the show. So I want to get back there and get with one of the best. And so I've got Shana James. She's an MA. For 20 years, she's coached more than a thousand men and women, leaders, CEOs, authors, speakers, and those with big visions who want to find love or rekindle spark, create a legacy, or even in business, become more effective, uh, be a leader, more personally inspired and fulfilled. She's got a master's in psychology, DISC certification. She does all kinds of workshops, works with men and women, all over the U.S. She, and the world, and she is located in San Francisco. And it is my pleasure uh, to bring back the great Shana James to Guys Guys Radio. She was back here in uh, 2015 was when we last spoke. Oh, really? That's when it was. Yeah. So welcome to the show, Shana. Thank you. Good to be back. So uh, let's talk about a little bit about, since it's Guys Guys Radio, about kind of helping men because um, men, I think, may need help. So do you think that men need help these days? And if so, how? That's a great question. I mean, I think the word help can be triggering for men, but I think we all need some help, you know, and I think men especially are taught that you should go it alone and, you know, shouldn't have any problems. And, you know, that's just not a realistic view of life. I think that when I think about a lot of people talk about this, you know, when you're an Olympic athlete or when you're the best of the best, people have coaches and support, right? To get better or to get more of what you want in life. And so I don't see it as like, oh, well, men need help more than women need help. I think we all could use some guidance and support. And I think you and I have talked about this, that maybe it was another conversation. You know, most of us never got an education around how to communicate with each other, how to have emotional issues with each other, how to have sex with each other. Like we were left kind of high and dry. So I think I think we could all use some help these days. 
Do you think there's been a, a shift in expectations that women have about uh, what they want and expect out of guys? And yeah. has that created some type of confusion a little bit with men? Because you've got, yeah. of course, uh, women have been on a straight trajectory of uh, ascension and long overdue recognition. And then you've got the Me Too, which kind of has hit a lot of guys uh, mm -hmm. like a two by four. And a yeah. lot of it has been about, um, you know, listen, let's, let's really face it. Women have been underappreciated and mistreated for not just years or decades or centuries, but for thousands of years. And it's just been wrong. And now things are changing quickly and they still have a lot, a lot more to go. But uh, with all of that said, men are in a position where it's a little bit confusing for them. They don't yeah. know kind of what hit them. And particularly, you know, when you get with things like me, too, because not every guy is a powerful guy and not every guy is guilty of being mistreating right. women and, and, and a lot of guys get into that you know friend zone or that like i'm a nice guy and that that stinks so what's your kind of a lot of stuff i threw at you but i know you'll know yeah. how to parse it out yeah i mean i was just writing about this this morning right you know just because men as a whole have power doesn't mean that each man individually feels powerful and just because a man feels powerful in one aspect of his life doesn't mean he feels powerful in all aspects of his life so Again, you know, sometimes I work with men who are really successful in business and yet they come home and they're either in a relationship that the passion's fading and they don't know how to get it back or they're single and they keep being seen, like you said, as the friend or the nice guy. So I do think, you know, you asked, I think women are having more expectations. And on the one hand, that can seem like it's a pain in the ass to be a man and have to step up in these different ways and be emotionally connected. And I used to just, you know, men used to just be more the, the breadwinners and they would kind of go off. You were advertising. I think about uh, what's that show, that famous advertising show where the guys were. Um, Admin. You know, yeah, exactly. Like they're just, you know, you're off doing your work and having your whiskey and not having to necessarily show up in a certain way for women. And so in some ways it feels like we're all wanting more out of relationship. And I think when you see it in a way, when you take the pressure off of it and you actually realize, oh, I can learn some skills and actually have more connection, more pleasure, more intimacy, a better sex life, right? It can become exciting when it doesn't feel like something you, are, you should do or something where you know, a lot of men bump up against some shame, like shame around sex or shame around emotions and vulnerability. And so when that hits, that's where I tend to usually work with men around those things. Okay, let, let's, let's touch on that because shame, um, what are men feeling shame about? A lot of men come to me when they're feeling shame about wanting something like wanting touch or wanting affection or wanting a better sex life. You know, that that's a big one that men come to me for. Why would that be shame though? Well, some men have been raised in a Christian, Catholic, sometimes Jewish, whatever, whatever the religion is, right? Sometimes it's religion, sometimes it's family systems. And either there was no conversation about sex or there was the conversation of don't have sex, you know, until you're married, or it wasn't a conversation like, wow, sex and affection and intimacy is a part of our lives. Let's help you figure out how to grow up and navigate this realm. Like I said, most of us haven't gotten that education. So, you know, then men feel shame on top of feeling shame. Like there's shame about being ashamed or shame about 
feeling vulnerable, you know? Do you think that uh, men can kind of get uh, stuck at times and it's hard for them to kind of let go of things and, uh, kind of, and explore new things? Yeah, I think that can be, that can happen. A lot of uh, what I see is that the fear of the emotional or relational terrain can be scarier than whitewater rafting or hella skiing. Or I see a lot of men who are like, yeah, I can, you know, I can go climb a mountain. And yet asking my partner if they're heterosexual, you know, if there's a relationship with women, it's like talking about our sex life or our intimacy or our sensuality or our affection can be really terrifying. When you're getting into that, what is there, uh, I think for a lot of guys, they're probably saying to themselves, well, what do, what do I have to talk about it for? Yeah. yeah. Let's just touch each other and do it and f- figure it out yeah. when we're kind of getting physical. Why do we need to d- discuss it? Why I, do we need to talk about it? Yeah, a lot of guys don't want to chat about that. And I don't know if it's, I don't think it's about shame. I think they just like, they're just uncomfortable. It's like, well, why do I need to talk about that? Let's just explore. Right. And, you know, there's a couple of different ways. I'm not to look. saying it's right or wrong. Yeah, you can just explore and that's fine. The, one of the things I've found is that women have a hard time saying if they like something or don't like something, myself included, you know, for a long time, even still in my forties and having done 20 to 25 years of spiritual work and emotional work and therapy and all kinds of stuff. It's still hard for me to say, I don't quite like that. Or could you try something else? Or could we do it this way? Right. And so if you're not talking about it at all, you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know. And I think when men are in relationships where the passion is fading and they're like, Ugh, well, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, okay, well, you can keep going like it is, or you could actually talk about it. You know, the definition of insanity, isn't it? Albert Einstein's definition of insanity is going along doing the same thing and hoping that something's just going to be different. Right, right. And yeah. so the, I love conversations about sex, especially where either a debrief of like, what was great about that for you? Or what would you want differently next time? Now that can touch into shame too, because if you hear something that a woman doesn't enjoy and you start to take it personally and feel like you're a bad lover or there's some issue with that, then it cuts off all of the play and exploration that can happen. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, dating is supposed to be like a fun sport and relationships too. And sex also should have some joy in it. So I think if, you know, a lot of guys are going to be reticent about having like a post-game discussion about, you know, what I liked and what I didn't like, because for a lot of guys, it's like, you know, let's put it this way. Guys have to perform, women and men have to perform, of course, during, uh, during intimacy, but guys have a very special way, obvious way of performing, of course. And um, anything that gets into overthink is they, they might think that it could get in the way so they don't want to really do a lot of thinking. They want to do more of a visceral reacting and responding and, mm-hmm. and you know, that type of thing. So I guess in the post-game I mean, discussion, as long as, as long as everybody feels good, I think most guys are going to be like, okay, if you want to tell me something, you want me to do more of this or that, and I can tell you that, that's a, that's a real good thing. Yeah, it can be really fun. It can be really playful. It can be sexy, you know, especially when you keep it in the lens of what did you enjoy and what would you want more of instead of complaining or making something wrong. Right. Um, And, you know, I think the most ecstatic, expansive sexual states, I don't think you can really reach those without being 
in some way collaborating, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be just words. It could be, um, you know, a physical play or a, an energetic play. Right. But without communicating about, well, you know, what do you like or what do you want to try or what are your fantasies? And we're, I'm just talking about the sexual realm because in some right. ways it's so concrete, it's easier to get it. Right. But then you can expand it into life, you know. What, and a lot of people don't even talk about, well, why are we in relationship together? It's like, oh, we, you know, we got together to have family and just because people do this and we want support and whatever, but there's so much more possible. And a lot of the guys who come to me are deep thinkers and are actually like emotional and have this sensitivity and want more connection and intimacy. Do you think, and again, my special guest is Shana James. Uh, She's got the Man Alive podcast and she is a coach of uh, relationships and business and personal development, et cetera. Do you think, Shana, that the uh, communication chasm between men and women is widening or is it getting closer together now where people understand each other better? It's a great question. I have an answer that you may not like, but I think both. You know, I think about our, our society, especially in the United States with There's more division than ever, but there's also a lot of moving forward and evolving at the same time. And I think it's similar with communication between men and women. It's like, in some ways, a lot of people are getting to be more emotionally connected and feeling more understood and loved and welcomed. And at the same time, there are a lot of people who are unsatisfied, especially in the romantic relationship. Now, we're in the time of COVID, and before COVID even occurred, there was so much tech had really taken over how a lot of people are dating now, whether it's the services, you know, Match.com or Bumble or whatever, and now and all the apps. Now, with COVID, a lot of people are using Zoom and Skype more and more. Um, what do you think that's going to do to uh, dating? I have to say, when I was dating online, I now have a partner, but when I was dating online a bunch of years ago, I could actually feel, I I can energetically feel people, you know, I mean, you know, you do a lot of deep work too, and you know that we're way more than we realize we are. Sure. And so I would get an energetic feeling from a man I saw online or from the words he wrote, and then I'd go meet him and it would be basically the same. So I don't think that it has to cut off anything. You know, I was actually talking to a woman the other day who said, she met a guy on Zoom and then they went for a walk and it was really, really different than it had seemed on the computer. So, you know, I, I still think you got to get together at some point in person and really see if that chemistry is there and if you feel each other. But there's an incredible opportunity to meet and get to know each other. And, you know, one of my clients recently started dating online and he said he threw out a line to a woman like, she she reached out to him and he said, Oh, well, let me know if you want to talk. And I said, when I was dating, I would not have gone for that. I would have just been like, eh, boring. Like there's nothing here for me. That's inspiring to me. You know? So again, there are ways that you can either inspire and create something beautiful or interesting. And then there are ways you can just kind of slough it off. So how can women support guys who are kind of doing their best uh, kind of, you know, cheer them on a little bit because obviously some guys are trying and then there's other guys who are angry about everything that's happened yeah. and uh, their anger is not helping things. I always tell guys, you, you know, your best, my best advice to you is listen, just listen. Yeah. This is a time for men to listen and learn. Um, but there's some guys that are, uh, that are kind of uh, 
they're pissed off about everything and they think it's like they're they're paying a price for something they didn't do but hey you know what you just have to this is a accumulation of uh, thousands of years so a lot of things are happening quickly you have to kind of just listen and hear out hear out ladies and see what they have to say doesn't mean the yeah. fingers being pointed at you personally but but it, with that said how can well, women I, kind I, of uh, get guys to urgent kind of get them to you know com be more communicative yeah okay so one thing i want to say is i make a lot of space for men who i'm working with to share their anger because if they've been divorced or they have a mother who was really suffocating or demanding or and they're not ever talking about that anger they're trying to build on top of this you know this foundation that mm -hmm. is right messy right and and not stable so i you know i do think it's important for us to listen for everybody to listen to the the anger and the frustration and sometimes i think it's great for men to take that to other men Mm -hmm. and not be victimized by it not you know complain about it but like really you know if there's if there's anger and frustration then bring it and have it you know do it with someone else don't just stay alone in it because i think that's where there's a lot of suffering and then it's like okay express the anger and and then come to the women you meet without that sense of she's trying to punish me or all women are all men right. are right it's like we're all individual unique people so can we actually do what we need to do to clear the frustration and the hurt and the pain and come to people with an open slate right. or an open door yeah. um is there are there advantages a lot of guys who are like the nice guys complain about i'm in the friend zone i don't know how to get out are yeah. there advantages of being in the friend zone because everybody's been there you know, once or twice at, at least. And to me, it's not the, the worst place to be. I mean, you know where you stand. Uh, I don't know if there's a way out of the friend zone uh, because you can't make somebody fall in love oh, with you. I think there is a way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I when I got married years ago, and we're not married anymore, but when I got married, I knew this guy for two years as a friend before mm -hmm. I fell in love or whatever happened. And I talk about this moment where he walked into a cafe and I turned around and I looked at him and suddenly my body just completely lit up and I felt turned on in a way that I never had with him before. And what we realized eventually had happened is, you know, he'd done a lot of his own personal work. His father had passed away and he'd done a lot mm -hmm. of soul searching and he'd done a lot of embodiment practices. So instead of just being more like a walking head or or even just a walking heart, like nice guys tend to have access to their minds and access to their hearts, but not as much access to their sexual energy, their primal energy, feeling really good about it. And so oftentimes when I work, I work with most of the men I work with are nice guys and I just have so much love and respect for them. And as we start to open up like, oh, they can talk about sex and they can want things and they can, you know, they don't have to hide it. They don't also have to dump it on someone, but they can actually collaborate about it. That moves them out of the friend zone. So I've had many, many men who were stuck in the friend zone. I have one client in particular who he was like, oh, I just, you know, I have to pick for from which women are actually wanting me. And as we started working together for a couple of months, it completely turned around. He was overwhelmed by how many women were reaching out to him. And he said to me, it's one of my favorite things a man has ever said. He said, Sheena, I feel like I'm doing less than ever. And women are wanting me more than ever. Like I'm being more myself. I'm not putting on a game or proving anything. And Good. women are coming out of the woodwork. 
Okay, Shana James, our special guest on Guys Guys Radio. She's host of the Man Alive podcast. Uh, where can el- where else can people find you, Shana? Yeah, you can go to my website, shanajamescoaching.com. Shana is S-H-A-N-A. And if you go to shanajamescoaching.com slash three ways, the number three, and the word ways, I have a guide there on three ways men lose influence at work and with women. Perfect. Okay. Well, Shana, you've proven once again that you don't have to be a guy to be a guy's guy. So thanks for being on Guys Guys Radio. All the best to you. And uh, it's been great. Thanks. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, two terrific guests and two terrific interviews on Guys Guys Radio. Lisa Campion, the uh, psychic counselor. Uh, Her new book is about uh, empaths and energy vampires. And you may not be a full-blown empath, which are just super sensitive people who kind of soak in everything, the feelings of uh, the situations and people that are around them. We all do that to a certain extent, but there's some people that are real empaths and uh, they need a lot of protection for themselves, of course. So the book talks about that. But also, we all have uh, had an experience with an energetic vampire, energy vampire, whether it's friends, family, people at work. And uh, Lisa gave us some pointers about how to put up a bubble of protection and just kind of keep yourself in a safe place because you don't want other people uh, draining you of energy. So terrific interview, great insights by Lisa. We also spoke with uh, Coach Shana James, uh, a lot of it about guys and some of the challenges men face. And I think, and from her uh, feminine point of view and professional point of view, it seems like men need to be um, a little more comfortable with letting their guard down and being vulnerable and kind of taking the masks off. And it's tough for a lot of guys because we put up that kind of quiet, strong front um, uh, many times. And... Uh, thinking it's protecting us but you know when we repress how we feel we kind of keep it all in sometimes it starts to uh, eat us away from the inside and work against us so for guys it's good to kind of let things out now and then and not be afraid of uh, what you share and you don't have to share everything with everybody but it's good to uh, not just hold it all in so guys guys radio we're here every wednesday evening in prime time on kcaa radio here in southern california 102.3 106.5 fm 10:50 a.m the show rebroadcasts every sunday at 6 p.m pacific time Uh, on KCAA and again on Wednesday 8 p.m. Pacific time the podcast and uh, my YouTube drop every Thursday worldwide 21 different uh, podcast platforms so you can find the show pretty much anywhere as well as YouTube our YouTube channel just use Robert Manny Uh, the the channel you'll come to is called guys guys TV but just use my name and you'll find it on YouTube and what we have there is we feature the actual interviews from our show uh, and the entire show is on the podcast and on KCAA so you're listening to the entire show right now the interviews only are featured video files uh, on our YouTube channel so if you like to watch and you like to consume your uh, media through YouTube we're there if you like a podcast we're there if you want to stream it we're there if you want to download it we're there so you can get the show in many different formats on many different platforms so guys guys radio we're here for you uh, my website is robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I dot com. We've got over 300 plus blog posts about everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, about wellness, about relationships, about money, about friends, about uh, 
diet, about uh, work, all kinds of stuff on there. We also offer three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is really the source material for everything Guy's Guy, and it's about two men in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in the market where they play for keeps in New York City. It's been called by Dan Wakefield, the iconic 20th century author. It's been called the male successor to Sex in the City. So it's kind of a fast, frothy rom-com, but it's really about something. And uh, I think you'll have some fun with it. You can check it out. You know, go to Amazon or wherever you buy your books, and uh, you can read the reviews there. And they're all very, very positive. And I'm so thrilled that uh, both men and women are getting a lot out of the book. And uh, it seems to be popular equally across sexes. So that's really good because sometimes with guys, they just want to read, you know, uh, adventure or mystery or thriller or crime. And I've got a rom-com. Yet guys dig it because uh, it's written from a male point of view and it's not sexist and there's savvy women in there and there's some flawed men and it's pretty authentic and honest and fun. So I think you'll enjoy it. So thanks for checking that out. I'm all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. So you can catch up with me there. And we're here on, uh, we're here on the air every week. Every day you can find something, guys, guys, through social media. You can download the shows, all shows, whenever you want. So we're, we're here for, for you. And once again, what I do is my job and my services, I find guests who I feel can add some value, can have something to chat about that we can find out uh, what they do and what they have to offer and why it's beneficial for us. And then we can collectively make it a determination if it's something we want to weave into our day-to-day lives. So that's what I do here for you and for myself also on Guys Guys Radio. Because believe me, after interviewing 500 people, all of them experts of some, for, for, some way or form in their field, I've learned a lot while you're learning a lot out there. So together we can figure out, hey, this is for me or this isn't for me or I like this aspect of that, but I'm not sure about that. And what I uh, really focus a lot of time on is finding a variety of guests, an eclectic group of guests, so we can just hear some information and find out about stuff that maybe in our day-to-day dealings that we're not thinking about or we're not aware of, but that could be something that could help us. So that's what we do here on Guys Guys Radio. So thanks for being with me. I really appreciate your support. I thank my guests. I thank most of all my listeners because we're growing and growing and growing. We just got some uh, reports in that we are now in the top 200 in the U.S. in our category of podcasts. We're in the top 100 in the U.K., We're in the top 100 in France, in Denmark, in uh, Ireland, in Australia, and Canada. And uh, so we're very pleased because we continue to grow, not just in the States, but internationally. And we we do our best to put out a universally positive message, but not in a sappy, corny way. We're for real here on Guys Guys Radio. So thanks for being with me. We're back next week. Until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.